0: Rockstar Energy Punched, bringing a bold and unapologetic flavor packed with energy through a blend of B vitamins, guarana extract, and 240 milligrams of
1: caffeine to fuel what's next. Rockstar Energy Drink.
0: I'm going to let you intro me everywhere I go. I'm just going to record that and you can just play it. It makes me sound very... Very elegant. And welcome to another edition of Across the County, a very
1: thankful edition of Across the County. Why is it thankful? Well, it is the season, tis the season, and let's not forget about Thanksgiving. I like to focus on the holiday. It often gets the backseat to the jolly old Christmas holiday right around the corner. So we're going to be focusing on what we're thankful for here on the show. And somebody that I'm tremendously thankful for, to have networked with over the past couple of years, and I am glad enough and thankful enough to call him friend is the one, the only, the busiest man in media, Matt Mungle of The Entertainment Answer. Go to com. He is finally back on the show for many minutes of Mungle, Not Turkey. Matt, how are you, my friend?
0: <laughs> I'm good. I'm, I'm going to let you intro me for everywhere I go. I'm just going to record that and you can just play it. It makes me sound very, very elegant.
1: <laughs> well, you're very yeah, elegant. Good, too. You, you just have a very swat. You're kind of like the real world James Bond, Matt.
0: Oh, wow. I need to get a white suit then.
1: You're like, sure. okay, send me a recording of this intro. So I, I'm literally just going to play this on the fly everywhere I go, even here in the office.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was really good. But I'm good, man.
1: How you been? I'm good. You know, married life is good. So I'm always having a reason to smile and so many great things out in the world of entertainment and media right now. It's kind of hard to... Uh, wrap our head around it all, and some of it I'm falling behind on. There's stuff that you've seen that I haven't yet, and so I'm excited to finally be able to talk about all of this with you.
0: Yeah, you know, it is crazy. For one, it's the end of the year. So for us, I mean, there's so much that is getting pushed in front of our faces for award voting and for end of the year, you know, all the award shows, and this this is pretty much the Super Bowl of TV and film getting ready for the Oscars coming up in March. So, yeah, it does feel like there's just so much to watch. Hey, before we get to to the du jour, the
1: main course here of what we're going to talk about, you just mentioned something that I'm always very key on, which is some of the award shows. What what are some of the titles being talked about as we approach award season?
0: Well, yeah, you you know, it depends. If you're talking about film, um, it's, it's interesting. This year has been kind of slow compared to the past year's. Uh, I mean, people are even talking about things like Wakanda, um, obviously Top Gun, Maverick, films that normally would not be Oscar contenders being pushed in there for the, for the Oscar note. Uh, we still have a lot of stuff still to come. There's still Avatar, the new Avatar films coming. There's some heavy dramas uh, that are out right now that are, that are coming. So it, it, right now it's, it's pretty much up in the air depending on what they are wanting to, they being the studios, are really wanting to put in front of us And I think they're even scrambling. I mean, Netflix has three or four films in the pot. Uh, Warner Brothers has a couple. So it's almost like we're really, it's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out for the Oscars this year. Yeah,
1: you know what? We have a dear friend of the show, uh, Mark Anthony Austin. You've had a chat with myself and Mark on the show in the past, and he has done a couple of projects with Netflix. They really, quality-wise, they put out some amazing content, Matt.
0: You know, they really do, and I feel bad for them. Uh, We do a lot with Netflix, and... Over the past couple of years, they have really pushed. I mean, it started with The Irishman. Um, well, I guess it even goes back to Roma. You know, uh, Roma well, Irishman, a that,
1: such a long uh, piece, but so well done.
0: It was, you know, and then Roma was a film that won Best International Film. They thought it was going to win Best Picture, got nominated. Alfonso Cuaron won Best uh, Director. And then with The Irishman, they really thought they put all their money behind that. And it got so many nominations, no wins. And then last year, Power of the Dog, which won the Critics' Choice Association Award, we gave it the, the Best Picture of the Year. That was probably their best opportunity to win Best Picture Oscar, and it went to Coda, which Coda was a great film, but uh, even with Power of the Dog, they still seem to not be able to push over that edge of winning Best Picture. Uh, and then this year, they have The Glass Onion, which is a uh, Knives Out. Oh, I cannot uh, wait to have, see that.
1: I, I know you've had a little bit of a sneak peek. That looks amazing to me. I love Daniel Craig.
0: Yeah, it's probably the most fun I've had in the theater this year. Really? And then, Yeah, it was. It was a blast. I mean, I just I, I even think it was better than the first Knives Out film, which I was a fan of. I thought this one was just so well done. And, i you know, I like the little mystery whodunits and kind of like uh, Daniel Craig in this. So, that's Modern good. day Clue got, is what it
1: reminds me of. Even the first one remind, reminded me of that.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's very funny because they make fun of Clue in the movie. There's so much pop culture in this one, and it's just a blast. Oh, that's great. And then, great. of course, Netflix, Netflix also has uh, Del Toro's version of Pinocchio, which I think is a shoe-in for Best Animated Film this year. I, you know uh, what? Disney's beautiful. coming
1: out with a version I'm really not looking forward to, and I saw the trailer for this version of it. I have to say I'm intrigued.
0: Yeah, I've watched them both back to back. The Tom Hanks one that released by on Disney Plus, it's a Disney film. I mean, you can't put the Del Toro version on Disney Plus. It won't work. The Disney Plus version with Tom Hanks uh, fits more in the canon of what Pinocchio is with Disney. Well, Del Toro puts his beautiful, creative spin on it, uh, and it's you know it's on Netflix. Such a craftsman. And, uh, It is. He is absolutely and the stop motion animation in the del Toro Pinocchio is just fabulous. And I have
1: always had a love for stop motion animation and to see them kind of bring that back, especially for one of the beloved tales over the last couple of decades. I'm all in.
0: Oh, yeah. And there's some some uh, original songs in the del Toro one. And it's just it's just wonderful. But again, if you want just a a classic telling of Pinocchio, the Tom Hanks one that's streaming on Disney Plus is, is good. You know, it's a lot of fun. I sit and watch that with my a wife and ten year old who watched that a couple days ago again.
1: That's awesome. Noah here on across the county. Matt Mungle, my guest of the Entertainment Answer. Go to the EntertainmentAnswer.com, Mungleshow.com. We are talking about award season and some of the films that are going to be nominated. I cannot imagine that one of my favorite movies, and you know who I'm, what I'm talking about, Matt, <laughs> Top Gun Maverick. I'm still waiting for my Tom Cruise flight jacket. It hasn't come in yet. However, This movie made such, it's still in the box office in a handful of theaters. Six months later, I cannot believe it. It's currently sitting right here in the U.S. at number five, $716 million plus and almost $1.5 billion worldwide. So much positive to say about this movie. I'm not going to say it again. Such a masterpiece. I think Tom Cruise's best film. Can you see this movie not winning any awards?
0: You know, I can't. And I, I, and I have to say, this is the first time you and I have had a conversation. We've lasted five minutes without mentioning Top Gun Maverick. So <laughs> kudos to you. Uh, but, you know, I, you know it's funny because I, I sit here and I was like, you know, because we've talked about this film. yeah, We've talked about how great it is, how it looked on the screen. It was a must-see. And then I watched it at home. I was like, I want to see if this hits it as well at home. So I popped in the 4K, turned it on, and I tell you what, this movie is just as solid, again, as a watch sitting on my couch as it was in the theater. I don't know how they captured the magic they did. So to answer your question, I think Top Gun should, get, it should win something. I, I, even if they have to create a brand new category for something, I think Top Gun Maverick deserves it. Because not only has it just smashed the box office, but it is a film that can be rewatched and rewatched and rewatched and for a sequel we've never seen it before so hopefully i don't know if tom cruise will get any nominations it's going to be interesting to see how. i would love to see him get best actor i so would you know but it's but it's more of a compilation film i mean yes he was great in it but he's still just being tom cruise being tom cruise being maverick i think the film as a whole is better than just tom cruise so i think i would rather see it get a nomination for best picture. Uh, best, I mean, it could easily win sound editing. Editing. Oh, sound editing uh, for sure. Yeah, all the technical awards it could easily win. Um, I don't know if Tom Hanks would. I mean, Tom Cruise would win best actor, but you know, even as a producer of the film, I'd like to see him get some. You know what sort makes of- it
1: such a great film, Matt? Not to get into details because we've already talked about them in length, but. It exceeded the original, which I did not expect. I thought it was going to be okay. I thought, okay, 36 Mm -hmm. years Mm -hmm. later, it's, it's far too late. I was so wrong. It captured the nostalgia of the 86 film, and then what it did is it built on that, and it made you care about the returning characters and each of the new characters as well, and really put some just key pivotal plot devices in this movie, and it made them work
0: it did so again like i said it's hard to pinpoint one thing but it's just they captured some magic in this film and it was just overall you can't just say that there was one thing that was a standout about the movie i think it just hit every cylinder it was supposed to and you know these movies come along rarely but when they do they're just fun to talk about and you know we'll be talking about this one for for a long time i definitely will
1: you know that i'll I'll be texting (laughs) you about it right after the interview i'm hopefully going to get my (laughs) deluxe 4K multi-disc set for Christmas. It's the only thing I want, so we'll see if uh, that comes through for me. The other thing I want to talk about, Matt, is something that I have fallen behind on, but I know you've been keeping up with it. You know, I'm a huge Star Wars fan here on the show. Have been since The Empire Strikes Back. I mean, that is still one of my favorite movies of all time. Not, you know, Top Gun Maverick, but it's pretty close. Andor. I've been impressed with the first four episodes, and then life got a hold of me, and I got married, and a couple of other things here and there. It still holds 93% on the thermometer. It's doing pretty well with the reviews. You've been keeping up with it. It follows that Rogue One story. I love Diego Luna. I think he is a fantastic actor. I like what I've seen so far. But how is the show treating you since you've seen many more episodes compared to me?
0: Yeah, yeah, we are current. We've been watching it every Wednesday when it releases. Uh I've tried not to watch any ahead of time. I just I just been trying to enjoy this as a fan of Star Wars. And you know what? I, I love Cassian Andor. I I liked what we saw with him in Rogue One. I was excited to see how they would lead into Rogue One. And it's been hit and miss for me. I have enjoyed it, but I haven't I can't say that it's one of my outstanding series and oh this was like so fantastic. It's just okay for me. So it's been depending on the episode why. then. And its I feel like there's a lot of repetition in, in this series. I feel like there's a lot of characters introduced that really don't do anything. Um, I mean, we see Saul Gerrera later on. Not a spoiler alert. We know he's coming. I knew he was coming. Uh, I haven't got there yet. I'm pretty excited
1: to see that yeah. happen.
0: Uh, okay. <laughs> I was excited to see that happen too. So, but, he you know, it's like, they they almost feel like cameos. So I, I'm just really interested because we're coming up now on the season finale here next week for those of us who are current. And, I mean, obviously they're going to have to do season two at least. I just don't know if there's been enough happen in this series. How
1: has the story been progressing? I think the character development's been fine. I liked the acting pretty much on all of the accounts, all of the characters, especially Diego Luna, who I'm a huge fan of. But has the story been connecting? supposedly, you know this is the the murmurings and the beginnings of the rebel alliance. Is it adding up for you?
0: um I can see it adding up if there's going to be five series or five seasons of this thing, uh, because right now, what they've done just in this se- just in this season it isn't. There's a lot of leading up to it to the point where like it's almost like they say, "Well, the fans know what's coming, Star Wars fans know what's coming with the rebellion, so we can just tease it a little bit. We don't have to give them powerful things and 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 really we haven't I mean the story jumps around a lot they once you think they're on a a trail of something they start a whole they bring in a whole nother scenario a whole nother group of characters and it's just to me all over the place and there's too much there's too much that they've introduced and they've not followed through with that to me maybe when we get into a season two season three this will be vital what we're seeing now But as for what I wanted to see and as a powerful series, to me, it's just not adding up.
1: So you don't hate it, but it's just hit and miss, and it's kind of a wait and see depending on how Season 2 might progress the storyline.
0: Exactly. And if I wasn't such a diehard Star Wars fan, I would have bailed a long time ago.
1: Well, being a diehard Star Wars fan, you may have heard the rumors, and this is why I'm excited to catch up, Ian McDermott possibly coming for the finale as Emperor Palpatine. I don't know if you've heard any murmurings, but I'm, I'm hoping it happens.
0: You know what? I, I would like to see it happen as well, but there was a lot of other stuff I would rather have happened instead. I mean, there, there are some, you know, I, there's just so much they could have done because of how great Rogue One was, and, and there's just so much they could have done in this series that they didn't. And I don't know if it's because they're waiting, For something, you know, I trust Kathleen Kennedy. I trust everybody over there that has the control of Disney. So maybe I just need to wait it out. It's just not that. It's not the season I wanted. It's not the show I wanted.
1: Well, let's move on to another Disney product, although I prefer to say it's a Lucasfilm product. One and the same I know, but I just can't say Disney and Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones 5. Matt, I have to tell you. Now, I'm a huge Top Gun Maverick fan, as you know, but I wasn't looking forward to it as much as i am this film indiana jones 5 going to be the last indiana jones incarnation at least with harrison ford i'm hoping they stop it after that have you seen the new images the new set images the new posters there's even new leaks as far as mad mickelson's villain who he is going to play it may actually lead us to the indiana jones title if we pay close enough attention have you
0: seen any of these things going around you know, I have, and, you know, there's always murmurings. You can't keep anything under locks anymore with social media. No, you can't. Um, <laughs> you can't. Uh, I don't know if, and you and I even mentioned this through a, t- a text a couple times. I don't know if I was really wanting a, an Indiana Jones 5. I mean, the fourth one was the one, um, that one was just so, was so bad. That Here's the way I, I look at it, man. And and it, I don't though. hate
1: the fourth one as much as most people do. I just think comparatively the first three are masterpieces. Yeah. And I think four is quite good. It's not one through three, but it's quite good. Mm-hmm. But I say this, right. I think they wanted to make a fifth movie because they realized overall the bad taste number four left in most people's mouths and they don't want Indiana Jones to go out that way.
0: You know, and, and I can understand that and I I can get that and I can appreciate that. I just hope that they don't make matters worse. It's almost like people were willing to, we've separated ourselves enough from four already to go, yes, it was bad. But now, when I think about it, I mean, I'm looking here in my office, and I see the Raiders of the Lost Ark picture on my on my wall, that poster, and I'm like, yes, this this is what we remember. So it's almost like we we will we will always remember Indiana Jones as being great, regardless of what happened in four. Exactly. So if five is if five is horrible, then you're just reminding us again that you've destroyed the franchise. It's almost like you'd rather just. I'd rather just let it go. Well, I have to say, I think trying to bank Spielberg's on Spielberg's still
1: attached to it, and I've always. I say this always in defense of any project he's attached to. Spielberg is a, is in my mind the greatest director of all time. He knows how to craft a film, and even as a producer, he's going to want to make sure that his name is attached to something that is of good quality, and. So, um, yeah. for that, I think there's going to be a lot of quality control, and that Indy 5 comes out looking like probably the best thing since Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's just what I'm going with. Uh, could be Indiana Jones and the Staff of Kings, I believe, is the title because Volare, I think I'm saying it right, is the big bad that Mads Mickelson is going to play. And that was a character from the staff of Kings. So we'll see if that's the title. I'm not quite sure, but I'm intrigued. And I'm hoping come June of 2023 that this thing just really sets the ending right for Harrison Ford's beloved indie.
0: Yeah, and and that I do hope. I never wish a franchise harm. And I hope that come this time June next year, you and I are having a conversation. I was like, wow, I was really wrong back in November. This was a great film. We needed this. It has saved the franchise. Uh, you know, I hope that's what we're talking about. I always hope that for sure.
1: Well, and Harrison Ford apparently he has given it his stamp of approval. And so seeing that Harrison Ford likes the finished product, Spielberg is attached to it. I know he's not directing it. Mangold is. But I'm having hope. And at at the end of the day, I'm like you. I do not want to have any type of a, especially for a franchise that I love, sour taste in my or anybody else's mouth for that matter. And this could be the greatest Indiana Jones movie of all time. I'm on
0: board. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be mad if it is.
1: Again, we'll see. It's something that I'm very much looking forward to. Just like the next thing we're going to talk about here, Matt, which I thought would have come out a heck of a lot sooner, but now maybe not a movie. Maybe a show streaming on Disney+. Plus. We're talking about Tron 3, the third installment of the Tron franchise. Don't know if they're going to get back any of the people from Tron Legacy, which I absolutely loved. That was a great film. But Jared Leto is apparently going to be in this thing.
0: Yeah, which I love Leto. Um, You know what? Tron is going to... (sighs) Tron to me is like Matrix. You and I have talked about Matrix. You know where I am with Matrix. You're still falling asleep is where you're at. I know. Tron, I don't really fall asleep. I just get bored and I, I, I move on. I have I think I've seen the original Tron once or twice, obviously, The first when it one
1: came out. is you got to have the right palate for it. Not everybody has it. Legacy, I think, you can even see it without watching the original, and I think it's a very mm-hmm. good film.
0: You know what? I, I remember when it came out, I remember reviewing it, saying just that. It was a pretty good film. You didn't obviously had to know what was going on in the first one. There was enough backstory and resurgence, but there was just something about it that was just off. And I don't know, maybe I need to, re- I will definitely rewatch it before seeing the new one when it, when, and if it comes around. Um, but yeah, this is again, one of those things where I always say with Hollywood, they would rather try to bank off of something that exists than to come out with something new. Do you think in this new new. thing,
1: maybe you already know, I can't find anything on it, that Jeff Bridges, Olivia Wilde, and I forget the kid's name, Garrett uh, Hedlund, I believe. Do you think they're going to be reprising their roles, even if it's in a smaller part in this next installment?
0: It it depends. That's going to depend on where it falls in the canon in the universe. Uh, Because I haven't done a lot of research to know if this is a current day where so much time has elapsed which I, I know with Tron, it can all be timeless. There is no dimension of time and space, but it depends on when they, they set it. It depends on who comes back. They might appear in flashbacks.
1: I, I don't know. I, I do I, know Daft Punk, who did an amazing job scoring the last one, and I love it, great instrumental. They're coming back to score this, so even if it's on Disney+, Plus, I'm on board. I think it'll sound great.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. It's going to look great, and it's going to sound great, and i will tell you it will probably hit better on disney plus sitting at home streaming it in you know in 4k than it will paying big dollar to go see it in the theater do you uh, see that was
1: my been. big debate before we leave this portion of the show to get onto our last topic rings of power which i'm excited to talk to you about i liked tron legacy on the big screen why do you think tron at least maybe the third incarnation of it wouldn't work on the big screen, or that it just works better there at home?
0: Uh, I don't know if it's a work better in one or the other. I just think with with the price of tickets now, I think a lot of times you watch something if you're a subscriber to Disney+, and you're like, you know what, that's pretty good. That was fun, because in your mind, you didn't just get a babysitter or travel or pay four tickets and snacks. Whereas a lot of times, if, once you've done all that, you compare the money, the, the film, to what you've put into it. So I say that there's a lot of times I will stream a movie, and, it, and it, to me it's a better film because I know there wasn't a lot of effort and a lot of money put out on the front, f- forefront. Because I talk to people a lot of times like, man, that was, I wish I wouldn't have spent money to see that. Whereas if they had watched it at home streaming on this uh, service they already have, it just hits different. We're in a different world now with movie watching, and I think that a film like the third installment of Tron will work better at home. I just do.
1: I can see that. You know what? That's actually a good really good way to look at it. And before we move on to the last thing, Matt here on the across the county, Matt Mungle of the Entertainment Answer on the show with me today. Let's just point out the to Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, see I, I can't, I can't even get beyond it. <laughs> Still the audience score. I'm gonna point out as it's leaving the box office, it sits at ninety nine percent
0: yeah and and i'm I'm not surprised by that, and I know you're not surprised by that no
1: not at all I just wanted to throw that in there a little nugget so now let's move mm-hmm. on to the <laughs> last portion of the show today Matt and that is something that you and I both loved We're on the same page, which does not happen often The Rings of Power Lord of the Rings the Rings of Power got some critical response average audience score on Rotten Tomatoes about thirty nine percent your hardcore Peter Jackson fan your hardcore Tolkien book fans didn't like this because it did take a lot of liberties and I acknowledge that. It did. I rather liked it. I thought it was beautifully crafted in a very unique style, all its own. I think it stayed true enough to the content that was within various books because it does take place before The Hobbit. So you have to take some things from The Similarian and other Tolkien works. And the acting, Robert Aramayo as Elrond hit it out of the park. I forget the actor that plays the son Doran, Prince Doran. I loved the relationship between the two of them. And let's just say the Meteor Man, he's pretty cool. I gave this five out of five stars and A+, Matt. And I know you did as well. You were very entertained by this.
0: You know what I was? There were so many things that was done right. Obviously, it's the most expensive TV streaming series ever made, uh, but it paid off. It is probably one of the prettiest, well-done, epic series you will ever see, I think, on a streaming service. Gorgeous so, scenery. Uh, it was. And so the acting was great. I think the storyline was powerful. Um, it was like, I think I mentioned to you, my wife's favorite series of the year. Uh, we even went back and rewatched the tr- the peter jackson's trilogy afterwards because we just wanted more we hated that the series ended that we just wanted more um so there was just so much about it that worked in the lord of the rings trilogy the, the the relationship between the elves and the dwarfs uh between orlando bloom and uh Gimli, that, that was one of my favorite relationships and to see that again did you have a favorite character so
1: and by the way the actor's name that played prince during is owain arthur
0: i just i i yeah. loved him he was so beloved yeah, yeah, yeah! Absolutely. He was one. Of, he just had this look about him that, I mean, he could be an, you know, an ancestor of what we saw in Lord of the Rings. That passion that dwarves have. That he brought about that emotion. That that kindred friendship. That a bond is a bond. And him and his wife, I loved their relationship in this. It was just there was just a lot of special stuff about this entire series. Uh, and I know that some people gave it flack because they're like, well, the canon's off from the original Tolkien books and, you know, this and that. And, I mean, you could get into that, but I think, I think you're missing out on a great series if you allow that kind of trivial stuff. Sure, just take it for watching. what it is. Exactly. I mean, if you call yourself a Tolkien fan and you appreciate what he's brought, then you, I think you owe it to the, to the storyline and you owe it to the history of it to watch this because it is so very special.
1: Did you have a particular favorite character?
0: You know what? I I, I didn't really. It it would bounce back and forth, Um, which is what was great about the series
1: because there were so many different subplots, but they intertwined so beautifully, and they were all at the end of the day, they were all very connected.
0: They were very connected, and I think that that was something else that they um, that they pulled from the Peter Jackson trilogy: how you could have all of these different storylines and these different character arcs and these different journeys. But they all connected in a way that was that was just fabulous. And, you know, you watch it and it feels like it comes right on the heels of the Lord of the Rings trilogy and the Hobbit trilogy. It just it fits to me seamlessly in that whole world and universe um, that I just I don't know. I thought it was very special.
1: And Miss Clark, I'm not going to uh, try and say her first name unless you know it, Matt, because I can't pronounce it. Uh, but she was fabulous as Gladriel. Definitely different than Kate Blanchett, but I love being able to see more of this character because I wanted more of her in the Peter Jackson, Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit trilogies. So for that reason alone too, as another reason I liked this series.
0: Yeah, she was, she was great in this one. I liked how, and you can tell the difference between films made when the Lord of the Rings trilogy was made and films that are made now uh, with, you know, which I'm excited for and always an advocate for of female empowerment and, just taking on that, that kick-butt lead that women have. So I love what they allowed Galadriel to do and her her tenacity and her strength in this and just, you know, her just go-get-up that she was just kicking butt the whole time. And it's, you know, that's the only thing that was a little off as you, you watch Galadriel in the, in the trilogy and she's kind of laid back and more of that elfin, you know, mysterious... And so you wonder how one became the other, but, you know, I forgive him of that. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. You yeah, I'm cutting series. some
1: grace because at the end of the day, again, it's just so beautifully crafted. I don't expect mm-hmm. anything perfect, and I don't expect it to mirror exactly the work of Tolkien's book in its entirety or sure. the Peter Jackson twist on The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. It's its own deal, and I'm okay with that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's the same thing when we talk about Star Wars, when we get, you know, a Boba Fett series or we get an Andor series or we get a Mandalorian series. You know, you got to take it for what it is. It's entertainment. It's well done. It's enjoyable. You got to love it for what it is and appreciate it. I will say this.
1: Uh, I'm probably not going to be very popular. I think I like this more. This is my favorite Lord of the Rings story incarnation thus far. I like it more than The Hobbit. I like it more than the Lord of the Rings movies overall as
0: a unique piece of work. Yeah, that's that's arguable. Yeah, I I mean, I can't find any fault in that. Um, And season two, uh, we have to wait a couple of years for that. Yeah, we do. It's going to be a while, which is sad. Uh, Return of the King is a a special movie from the trilogy, but I do see, I mean, I'm filling out, I'm working really hard right now on my end-of-year television streaming ballot to turn in, and uh, Rings of Power is right there in the top three. So it is one that I, I hope wins a lot. This year, and I'm definitely behind it.
1: Well, we're out of time. We were going to get into some streaming options, but I have one final thing for you, Matt, before we leave across the county, and that is this. I saw online today the Spielberg, the Steven Spielberg Showdown, and I found this from Movie Clips, and they actually have the top four as ranked by their viewers Spielberg movies, and I want you to answer which ones you think are better, and then the end of the day, which one you think is the better film. So it was Saving Private Ryan versus Jaws, which is your answer there.
0: Jaws, 900000 Yeah,
1: not even close for me. It's definitely not Jaws. And then Jurassic far. Park versus Raiders of the Lost Ark. And again, gotta give it to Indy there for me.
0: No, for me, it's, it's Jurassic really? Park. Really? I mean, I yes. I mean, I'm actually, it's funny, I'm actually reading Crichton's book now. I'm rereading Jurassic Park, the original novel. I just I just love Jurassic. Interesting. Park. Interesting, I, I did not the the know films. that
1: about you. But that's that's Even you know the what. There film? is no wrong answer here. This is Spielberg we're Seriously. talking about.
0: Absolutely, yeah. So yeah, Jurassic Park for sure. Okay,
1: so then if it's Jurassic Park versus Jaws for you, who wins?
0: Jurassic Park. I mean, Jaws is a, a it's, it's historic, but I'm always going to go with Jurassic Park. I can't hate on a dinosaur, man. I just
1: can't. Yeah, you know what? Jaws is historic. It's the movie that should have never been made because, by all rights, it was failed since they started the project. A masterpiece, but for me. It always lies with the man in the fedora, the man in the hat. Raiders of the Lost Ark for me.
0: Yeah, you know, I can't fault you for that at all.
1: Yeah, you know, if I said Loki, but that isn't a Spielberg project, then you'd (laughs) probably give me a little bit of uh, not love on that one.
0: Yeah, all you'd hear is a dial tone on your end. (laughs) Exactly.
1: Well, speaking of dial tones, Matt, we're out of time here on Across the County. Thanks for this very special update with heading into the Thanksgiving week and uh, hopefully people can enjoy their Thanksgiving around the table with their loved ones, and to you and yours as well, my friend. I appreciate you, and I am very thankful for you.
0: Yeah, you too, man. I appreciate it, and uh, we are very thankful as well. We have so much to be thankful for, and uh, it's always great chatting.
1: We'll do it again soon. Don't forget, dot com. Matt, have a fabulous one, and don't get too tired doing two things, eating lots of turkey and watching The Matrix Resurrections.
0: Yeah, see, I'm out already.
1: No (laughs) way you're in across the county. There's more coming up.
0: Is your check engine light on? Let our professional parts people scan and diagnose the problem for free. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh,
1: oh, O'Reilly Auto Parts.